Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Creative Alchemist podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you so, so much. If you'd like to become a supporter and help make this show possible, tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the creative alchemist to become a monthly supporter. Thank you all again and enjoy. Hey friend, real quick, before we delve into the episode, just wanted to give you a trigger warning that there is mention of intimate partner violence in this episode. Just letting you know, I get into some detail, so please take care of yourself whilst listening to this episode. Okay? Hugs and such. Here we go. About to be all vulnerable and shit. So... I had announced a couple weeks ago that I am closing my studio, the Alchemy Door Studio, located here in Hartford, Connecticut, and folks wanted to know why, of course, and I said I would delve into it on my podcast. Ding, ding, ding. So uh, hopefully that's what brought you here, or hopefully you're already subscribed to the podcast, in which case, gracias, and if you're new here, welcome. Hope you stick around. We be sharing some dope shit. So... To get into it, um, I also wanted to drop this episode before the final event at the Alchemy Door Studio, which is going to be tomorrow. It's going to be an art auction. It's going to be from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And you can potentially go home with some original artwork. Mean-ass plug! So, why am I closing the studio? That actually starts with where I live. So... I currently live in Hartford, Connecticut, and in the particular neighborhood that I live in, the particular street that I live in, is not, how do I put this, the healthiest, the best. It's not the safest place. I live in a place that is surrounded by uh, nightclubs. There is a building that um, houses uh, sex offenders that is literally across the street from my house. Um, It doesn't feel safe. And as the years go by, it just feels less and less safe. Mind you, we've been here since, who, 2001? So, yeah. Um, so, we're starting with that. A few months ago, or maybe a month and some change ago, I don't know, I have, sometimes I have a really terrible concept of time, but that's for another episode. So, uh, a couple months ago, maybe, <laughs> I had the thought, this this small little thought in the back of my head, the small little voice that was like, you might have to close the studio. And I was like, what? That's trash. That's a trash thought. I hate that thought. I don't like that thought. I can still afford it. Um, it's still like a happy place for me. It's where I create. It's where I host my meetings. It's where I occasionally do events. Like, why on earth would I close it? This is, that's silly. That's silly. And I tried to smother and bury that thought because I didn't know where it was coming from. I couldn't identify where the root of that thought was um, because I thought everything was cool. So then, about a month ago, yeah, that's about accurate. About a month ago, um, I started therapy. And there was this one particular weekend where I was getting hella triggered left and right. And uh, 
And there was uh, a lot of situations happening all in the span of one weekend. So situation one was I was facilitating a one-on-one workshop at my studio and and uh, from the hallway, my student and I could hear a couple screaming at the top of their lungs at each other. And for me, having seen uh, women in my life be in violent situations with men, it was mega triggering and it got my adrenaline going and I was going into what's called flight or fight response and I tend to lean more towards fight and so I go out into the hallway to just make sure that everything's okay and you know it just it remained at yelling but I was still triggered by it also I was upset and embarrassed by that because this is my place of work this is supposed to be my happy place my safe place um my place to get away from the home situation where I also feel unsafe. So that was situation one. Eventually the arguing died down, etc. The student that I was there with, who was an adult, uh, said they understood, you know, they, they, they understood that I didn't have any control in that situation. So there was that. That was a Friday. On the Saturday, the next day, I am being dropped off at home by a friend and uh, and we see a couple that is arguing and it is a, who I perceive to be a man and a woman and uh, they are yelling. He is trying to walk away from her um, and as he is continuing to try to walk away from her, Uh, she proceeds to smack the shit out of him a few times. Um, my friend and I park, we're trying to tell them as we were parking, we were trying to tell them, Hey, please break it up, break it up. Um, we're trying to tell, my friend was trying to tell the man to just walk away and he's saying, I'm trying. And so we park, they're still arguing and I'm, and I am again, triggered because I know how this is going to go and the adrenaline gets going again. And as I predicted, he begins to retaliate and begins to punch her in the face. So I immediately go into the flight or fight response. I run out of the car. My friend runs out of the car and we proceed to try to pull these two off of each other. And and it's turning into a whole thing with the neighborhood because she is screaming that she is going to call the cops. She's going to call the cops. And in the process of yanking them apart, by the way, I get slammed into a car um, by the force of them trying to like still get at each other. Um, I'm slammed into a car and I drop to my knee. I scrape the fuck out of my knee and it's bleeding. And which I, I don't feel any of in the moment. Because my biggest worry is I I don't want this woman to get beaten in front of me. I don't want this woman to get beaten. I don't want anybody to get beaten. But for me in that moment, because of my conditioning, because of what I've seen, what I've been through, I I don't want this woman to be beaten by a man in front of me. So she's screaming that she's going to call the cops, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I live in the sort of neighborhood where uh, you probably shouldn't do that. 
So people are coming out and now proceeding to yell at her and it's becoming a different situation. My friend has pulled the man off and, and the man is at a distance, which is good. They are We have separated them from each other. And eventually it turns into a thing that no longer requires me or my friend's services. So we part ways. Um, we get in the car, we drive away. Um, because somebody did, in fact, call the cops, but we don't know who. Um, so we, we leave the neighborhood for a little bit, go catch a breather. And I am, once again, oh so triggered. Because I was literally in a violent situation. Um, even though I wasn't technically fighting, I wasn't technically hit, it was still a violent situation to witness and then to be in the midst of. So, once again, I'm triggered. Once again, I feel unsafe. Once again, I have the adrenaline going. And my defense mechanism for that is to try to normalize it and say, well, this is where I live. This is how it's been. This is what's to be expected. You can handle this. This is okay. You handled the situation. You did the best that I that you could. And it's and it's like this isn't actually normal. But I didn't process that until Monday, which I'm gonna get into in a second. But first, here's a little break. Bling. And we're back. So so I'm triggered by that situation. We leave my neighborhood and go to the studio where I am also not feeling safe. So for me now, like no matter where it is that I'm going, I'm not feeling safe. And me years ago would have been like, oh, this is normal. I'm going to get through this. I just need some time to calm down. But me now is like, this is not okay. This needs to change. I'm not okay with this anymore. Because sometimes if you've been in traumatic situations often enough or uh, just challenging environments often enough, you start to identify with that and you start to normalize that for yourself. It's a coping mechanism. It is a survival tactic. Like if this isn't out of the norm, I can get through this. If I identify this as abnormal, oh shit, now I have to do something about it. So sometimes to cope, we normalize shit that is really trash. So, that was Saturday. On Sunday, (laughs) part three, um, I go to the studio, which I'm I'm feeling some type about. I go to the studio, and uh, a a friend is coming over, and they call me from downstairs, and they're like, hey, there's uh, a car down here with a broken window, and there's shattered glass everywhere. And I'm like, oh, great. It wasn't my car. So I go downstairs, and I know whose car it is, and I go tell them, and they kind of shrug it off, essentially. And I go back downstairs to my friend, who then proceeds to say, rightfully so, rightfully so, can we go somewhere else because now I don't feel safe here? Rightfully so. And also, I don't feel safe there now. Because if your car window is getting smashed in and there's glass everywhere, what's to say that the same thing isn't going to happen to me? 
Um, so now I'm feeling like triple unsafe. And so my whole weekend, that particular weekend, was just getting triggered, was being in violent situations. Because even the, uh, my therapist, according to my therapist, I'm going to love saying that, according to my therapist, the window being shattered was also an act of violence. And for me, I hadn't even identified it like that until my therapist put it like that. And for me, she was right. It, it is an act of violence. When you see that a car window got smashed in and there's glass everywhere, it's, it's violent circumstances. It is violence that brought it. The act itself is violent. It is meant as an intimidation factor, as a, as a fear tactic. So it's violent. And this weekend, I was, that particular weekend, I was just exhausted. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know how to process any of what I was feeling because I was just tired. I was just tired because my adrenaline was going all weekend. So Monday, (laughs) so come Monday, I have, I'm meeting with my therapist for the second time. And she asked me how I'm feeling and I just burst into tears. And because of conditioning, of course, I'm like, I don't want to be a little bitch just because I'm crying. I'm not a little bitch, right? And she's like, no, you're not a little bitch. And I love that she said it like that, by the way. That felt very validating for me. And so we talk about the situation. We talk about all the things that happened over the weekend. And she, you know, helped me to identify that it was just a very violent weekend, that I was rightfully so tired, that I felt unsafe. And I had mentioned um, the things in my past that were causing this to all feel like triggers. So it's all triggering and violent regardless. But the fact that I had seen women in my life getting beat by men that I had seen that I had been in situations where women are being intimidated by men um and and just in violent situations in general that this weekend was a lot and that I could identify it as a lot and that I should identify it as a lot because again you don't want to normalize things that are unhealthy for you and this was unhealthy for me so uh I told her about that thought that I had had um, about a month prior and about closing the studio. And she sort of helped me talk through that and, and talk that out loud. And I said, if I close the studio, I will have, I will, pretend, I will absolutely have extra income for myself to move out of where it is that I'm currently living. And the goal would be to find a safer space for me to live in and a safer place for me to work in. That would be the goal. And it would also require me to close the studio, which I felt some type about because I feel like people were just getting to know me for the studio and and associating me with having a studio. And I was very proud of that. I was very proud of the fact that I had opened up an art studio that... I was a full-time, was, that I am a full-time artist and poet, that I was sustaining 
this studio and paying it off monthly by by doing what it is that I love both in the studio and outside of the studio. And it was hard for me to let that part of my identity go. But I had to. At least for me, I had to once it became an issue of safety. We're going to take a short break and I'll be right back. And we're back. So something that my therapist had said that really fucked me up in a good way was she said, it sounds like you did a lot of protecting of other people this weekend. Who protects you? And who, child, the way the way I had to readjust in my seat. Huh. Because even even like in my actual physical home, I unfortunately live with my parents My stepdad is cool, but with my mom, there's some challenges there, which include that she is homophobic. Really hard to, to, you know, kind of uh, live with that. So in terms of issues of safety and feeling protected, I don't always feel that. And then that weekend, that weekend made that feeling explode, that feeling of being unsafe it made that emotion explode. So when she asked me, who protects you? Oh, oh boy. Um, I just kind of stayed quiet. I mean, even now, thinking on the question, it makes me stay quiet. Because I'm, I'm quote unquote, the strong one. Um, or at least that's how I'm perceived. So she asked me that. And then I had brought up in that therapy session Maslow's hierarchy of need. If you've never taken a psych class, I will explain. Maslow's hierarchy of need is this theory. Um, It's this cute little pyramid. You could totally Google it. Um, And in the pyramid, it essentially... um, It categorizes what it is that we need in order to fulfill self-actualization, to reach the peak of our human existence. So it's like these needs need to be fulfilled before you move on to the next step. So at the bottom of the pyramid, there is our basic needs, things like food, water, warmth, rest. And then above that, the next level up is um, also very related, though, in terms of basic needs is safety and security. And then above that is our psychological needs. So things like intimate relationships, friendships, um, our esteem issues, uh, feeling like we're doing something with our lives, like we are accomplishing something. And then at the very tippity top of that pyramid is self-fulfillment, self-actualization. So going back lower down on the pyramid, the fact that one of my basic needs is not being fulfilled, but also being threatened Um, the safety and the security, I had to think, how is this impacting me? How is it impacting my relationships with other people? How is it impacting my art? How is it impacting my artwork, my, my poetry, the way I perform? How is it impacting my craft if I'm not fulfilling my basic needs? So I may be, I may have some dope intimate relationships. I may have dope friendships. I may be feeling fulfilled by the work that I do but how are those things being impacted if at the bottom of that pyramid my safety is being challenged like this or being threatened like this 
or I am in blatantly violent situations. So, that Monday, I made the decision that I was going to close the studio. Because now, what was at the forefront of everything was that I need to feel safe. And given the current circumstances, that's not where I'm at. But it's where I want to be. And now that I had that in mind as a goal, it made it so much easier to let go of the studio. So, I decided to close it down. Uh, the art auction that I was hosting there was going to happen regardless. Um, it just so happens that <laughs> it's happening when I decided that I wanted to close it. Um, and uh, and I announced it uh, about a week ago or two weeks ago that um, it was time to let go of the studio and to close this chapter of my life. Because now the goal is to find, again, a safe, happy home and... And, and see what that does for, for me, for my life, for my work, for my craft, which then means it's going to impact the people that I impact. And that's dope. And I'm really excited about that. And also, when I was centering my safety, it, it made everything else make sense in terms of, oh, I can let go of the studio because my safety is first. It is priority now. I can... Uh, I can let go of this, all of this artwork in this auction because, um, because I need to put things in storage and everything ain't going to fit and I'm not going to pay a hundred plus dollars for storage all because my safety is now priority. I am okay with putting my pride to the side in terms of keeping the studio open and announcing it because, oh, well, my safety is priority right now. And I'm really excited to see where where all of this goes and what comes of this. And I've been sharing this story with people in person. Um, and I've been making some great connections and, and talking about... Whew, this brings up another issue. Um, and it was bringing up the, the issue of housing for artists. Now, I don't know about where y'all live, but feel free to DM me and, and let me know... Uh, what's going on with your apartment or housing situations for artists. But over here, there are a few locations where artists can live that are dedicated spaces to like, um, that are at, um, how do we call them? Um, like artist co-ops or um, there is there are places actually called art space where artists live and create and there's a gallery space, etc. But I can't say that a lot of these spaces prioritize local artists. Um, I can't say that a lot of these spaces take into consideration the income that the artists are actually making. I can't say that people view artists as responsible renters. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of challenges in terms of where it is that we can live. And that's really unfortunate. Because if I could find a place to live around here that was safe, secure, that was for artists, that was uh, supportive of artists, I'd love to. But because I don't think there is, it's encouraging me all the more to leave the state. And one of the things that we are um, constantly hearing here is how people are always trying to leave. And it's like, well... Are you creating the circumstances for us to stay? Can an artist who is 
making your town beautiful, that is putting beautiful murals in your schools, on your streets, near your businesses, or on your businesses, um, are the people that are making your city beautiful also able to live and survive there? I just, I want you to sit with that question. Can the artists who are beautifying your, your home, your town, your city, can they also afford to live there? Do they live there? Are they thriving there? Just some thinky thoughts. But anywho, that is pretty much the gist of why it is that I am closing the studio. It's a pretty long story, but it doesn't matter because listening is vital. And so with that being said, people have asked me what's next. What's next is what's already been popping, which is I am still going to be facilitating poetry workshops. I am still going to be performing as a featured poet for events, for schools, for businesses. I am still going to be facilitating paint nights. I am still going to be selling my book, (laughs) Building a Powerhouse. I am still going to be creating artwork. I am still going to be painting. I'm still doing all the things that I do. It's just that I'm not going to be doing them at a studio. It's just that I'm not going to be having a studio. That is really the biggest thing. Um, What else is next is finding a home and saving up for that and, and, and trying to get to a place where I feel much safer which I'm sure will only make my art even more dope than it already is. (laughs) So that's what's next. Um, If you ever, by the way, want to be part of helping out with that, uh, feel free to like DM me the connects, the contacts, bring me into your school, bring me into your place of work, into your uh, place of business, into your nonprofit org so that I could come in, do some dope shit, kill some shit, and then, you know, leave everybody happier and healthier than they were before I came in. Boom. So... In terms of how I'm feeling right now, uh, yesterday in therapy, (laughs) uh, first of all, shout out to therapy. Um, If you just need somebody to talk to that is an objective party, you should totally go see a therapist. I hope you find a therapist. I think we all need therapists. You don't have to have the world crashing around you in order to go see a therapist. It's just about mental health. It's all about self-care. It's all about being a bigger, badder version of yourself. So there's that. Um, In terms of how I'm feeling now, I had the chance to pause yesterday in therapy because I'm in the middle of of moving out, of packing and sorting and throwing things out and ah, all of that. So uh, I had the moment to pause when I saw my therapist yesterday and she asked me how I felt. And I will tell you all the same thing. I feel mostly relieved. Um, part of that being that I have a trajectory, I have an idea of where I want to go. I know what my next step is. I know what goal it is that I'm working towards now, which is again, moving, uh, finding a happy, healthy, safe home. And, uh, and because of that, I don't feel too sad about 
the studio closing. With that being said, I am also simultaneously grieving the closing of the studio, even though I made my peace with it, even though I deliberately made the choice to close it. I'm still grieving it. Um, It still does make me sad. But for the most part, um, because again, my safety is now central and prioritized, I'm okay with the studio closing, which is why when I announced it too, I said, I am choosing to do this. Don't say that you feel sorry. Don't say that you feel bad because I, I don't, um, at least not for the most part. I don't, I'm sure there's going to be moments, um, once it's officially closed, closed, closed that, that I'll have my feelings of sad or remorse and and all that. But I got to keep remembering that I'm choosing to do this because I am, I'm looking for my safety. And that's super important. So, um, your homework assignment, your alchemy assignment is to Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs. See which one of those needs you are actively fulfilling, which of those may need a little bit more love, a little bit more work. Um, And think about how these things connect to your craft. How is safety important to your music, to your writing? What makes you feel safe? Have you ever created in a safe space? How has that been different than creating in maybe a not-so-safe space? How do you identify what a not-safe space is for you? How do we create these safer places for us? And go through some of the other needs. Are you getting enough warmth? It's summer. Hopefully you are. How are your... uh, How is your view of yourself, your self-esteem, how does that impact your craft? How does that impact your work? Things to consider. So go through Maslow's hierarchy of need. Again, it's a theory, so it's not fact. So if it all doesn't apply to you, that's all good. It's all good. Um, But go through that. Tell me what you think. Tell me where you're at with that. And with that being said, tomorrow... We are having the art auction at the Alchemy Door Studio. It is the last public event. It is from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. It is free, open to the public. The artwork is obviously not free. (laughs) It is a silent auction. Um, I will be having three poets performing. They are Tashala Williams, Madison Frame, and Shayla Mora. All great poets I know who will be there to, like, blow your minds. Um... Or as Tashala likes to say, do it in your ear hole. (laughs) Which I think is hilarious. (laughs) So come through to that. Um, It is a silent auction, so bidding will be done on... um, There will be a, a, a bidding sheet under all of the pieces where you can bid on pieces in $5 increments. And there will be all sorts of pieces. There will be small drawings. There will be small paintings. There will be large paintings. All original artwork that you can potentially go home with tomorrow. So hopefully I'll see you with that. If you want to chit-chat some more about this particular episode, you can do so in person if you come to the studio. Or feel free to DM me. 
My handle is at the underscore Sulinet. That's Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E. And um, I think that's really about it, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your face. Thanks for all the support always. And um, we're going to keep being badass motherfuckers out here. And now for the outro. Alrighty, mi gente. This has been another episode of The Creative Alchemist. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sulinet. You can check out the rest of my life at sulinet.com. That's Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E punto com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and support it with a monthly subscription by clicking on this episode's description or by visiting anchor.fm slash thecreativealchemist. Thank you to our current supporters. Until next time, stay hydrated, stay creative. Peace.